Welcome to the Move More Pain-Free Podcast with your host, Rory Finch. Over the last seven years, I've both researched and worked with elite-level sports and private injury clinics to master the skills to not only assess and to manage, but to prevent and rehabilitate sports injuries. It's my passion and vision to provide these services to be freely used with elite-level sports and to be accessible to you, the individual, the sports team or the coach at any recreational sports. This is used to overcome barriers to injury and also training obstacles to allow you to enjoy the participation and to understand the process to improve your performance and minimise your injury risk. Over the coming episodes, myself and the selected guests will provide you with the tools and the knowledge to not only guide your training to be more effective, but to recover optimally and to therefore move more pain-free. So let's get started. Welcome everybody back to the Move More Pain-Free podcast. I'm joined today with Chris Marsh uh, from Develop Link. Hey, and he's a hypnotherapist and mindset coach. I'll allow him to do the rest of it um, as and when he come up to it. So in this uh, particular episode, what we will be focused on is more about motivation, mindset, and kind of continuing on from my last episode, which was the Go To War episode, in which we kind of make a bit more of a motivation in terms of trying to achieve a certain goal. Um, but what I want to do with uh, Chris today is for him to kind of explore maybe a bit more of the science behind motivation um, and then how you can use certain tools to be able to allow you to um, break past any plateaus in training, coming back from injury or dealing with some kind of life circumstance. Um, so Chris, uh, just introduce yourself and, and let our listeners know kind of what you do. Yeah, sure. So I'm Chris Marsh. I'm a hypnotherapist and mindset coach. My business is called Develop Link. So I, uh, I started the business really uh, out of passion, um, started from getting involved in really lots about psychology, uh, mindset, just really through my own struggles with stress and anxiety. And I, I come traditionally from a software background. So being quite analytical, I just wanted to, to fix and resolve the, the struggles I had with stress and anxiety. So that led me on a path really to, to then want to help other people um so we'll talk a little bit more in detail for the podcast but um so through resolving my own challenges with mindset motivation anxiety and stress and then getting into the hypnotherapy side hypnotherapy really was the 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 end really gold um gold bullet to resolve the challenges so what got me into then start my business was having the blueprint really for, for people to to resolve the, the mental health challenges, um, which just got me really passionate about helping other people too. Awesome, mate. Thank you. Um, and I think, like, you know, I think this time of, you know, maybe generation or especially things that are going on, this is pretty like, mental health and understanding that is such, such a forefront of everyone's mind, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just about the, the pandemic, really. You know, that's the most uh, prevalent thing right now that's affecting people's mental health. But um, you know, we're so bombarded by all kinds of stimulus at the moment. So, you know, when, when I was growing up, we had TV, video games were just starting to come out um, and they were nowhere near as realistic or as big as they are now. So, you know, there's video games, there's social media, there's more TV than we've ever had before. Mm. Um, and there's just more and more stimulus all the time. And it's the, the very thing that's getting is more connected globally is also causing more stress and anxiety as well. Um, particularly when you get into um, the whole 
dark side of marketing and that sense of feeling it should play up to the perfect body, the perfect mindset, the perfect careers. You know, it's, it's really tough for people thinking that they have to be perfect, essentially. So, um, and the other big thing right now, obviously, with the pandemic is coming out of the pandemic, everybody now having to go back to a previous normal that they've, they've gone out of and mm. uh, getting back into commuting and offices and stuff. It's a real challenge for a lot of people. Um, I think you you hit now on the head. So for some context, uh, Chris today, guided meditation talk, science behind meditation, uh, previously down at Prime Over Fitness, where we're based at. And one of the things he pointed out was actually people are way more connected, but mm. also so farly disconnected yeah. from that prevalence of it. Yeah, because it's almost replaced a lot of face-to-face yeah. interactivity now. I mean, even, you know, I guess with, with your industry, your you do a lot of your work on, on your app now. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're doing YouTube videos and how to do your exercise and stuff. So, you know, it's, it's again, reducing face-to-face time uh, in a lot of areas um, across all kinds of different mm-hmm. disciplines. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, brilliant. So I think, you know, the question, you know, our listeners will know is that we always ask our guests, you know, why do you do what you do? It might be a bit more specific in terms of it, but you mentioned before, you know, you're doing it because you need fulfillment and enjoyment of... Yeah, we, we touched it briefly and, um, you know, I said, uh, you know, I have my own struggles with stress and anxiety and, um, you know, for me about uh, 10 years ago, I really started to, to struggle where stress and anxiety was having a significant impact on my life. You know, for me, I'm a, I'm a people pleaser, so I was, I was always doing more than I should do. Uh, in my day job so coming from a software development background and it's a it's a challenging industry in itself um but you know always doing everything anybody asked me always doing as much as possible and and that was a really amazing mindset to progress quickly in my role and my job um but also it's very damaging because you know i was putting all that pressure on myself mm. putting all that extra effort tiring myself out um and what i was doing was using the anxious energy as well so that anxiety and stress i was feeling was, was then reusing that to work harder work faster again putting more pressure on uh, on my, myself and my body and uh, and i got into um, endurance sport um in my early 20s i started running got into then 10ks half marathons marathons then triathlon going up to half ironman and, uh, and again, I was using all that negative energy when I had some support. So it was an incredible tool to, to help keep on top of my stress and anxiety. But the very thing that was helping me was always holding me back as well, because again, the more extreme things I did, the more pressure I was putting on my body, the more stress I was putting on my body. So it got to the point where I effectively reached burnout because the, the constant stress and pressure of the job, on top of then pushing myself harder and harder and harder from sport, started to then result in injuries, illness, um, constantly having chest infections or colds mm. or flus, that kind of thing. So, so then when you lose the, the coping mechanism that you've got it's through injury or um, being ill, then you kind of start to get that slippery slope. So mm. then the stress gets more. So, so effectively, I got to the point where I was kind of reaching breakdown, really. And that's, that was a point for me, really, the realisation that you know, I needed to do something different. And that's where I got on my journey, really, with get into psychology, mindset, then meditation, yoga, mindfulness, uh, and then leading to discovering uh, hypnotherapy. Mm. Um, and, and then 
as I said earlier, you know, it's, it's then led me to, to make a career out of it. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of press around um, Tyson Fury with, the, with his recent uh, fight. And, you know, Tyson Fury says himself, you know, he didn't start struggling with stress after the Klitschko fight. He realised he'd been struggling with it since, since childhood. Mm. Um, and that resonated with me, really, just remembering that, actually, yeah, I was the same. You know, people mm. used to say, when I was a kid, you know, Chris got weight in the world, but his Chris was a warrior. I really that stress and anxiety, mm. basically. Um, um, so, yeah, so, it, you know, it led me to, to think, right, I've now got the blueprint for resolving these challenges, and I really want to share that and help other people out get them the same journey to find ultimately true fulfillment in their lives, mm. find that thing that, that actually makes them fulfilled and, and makes them happy. Mm. No, brilliant. And I think, you know, the reason we started doing a lot of collaborative work with, with yourself, because uh, we deal with clients that have come from an injury and they push themselves through training or they've got a chronic injury that's come off the back of maybe an injury, an injury that's not been managed very well mm. on top of stress, anxiety, and then becomes more deeper than just actually a physical problem. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, okay, so we're gonna delve into our, uh, the main part of the podcast now. Um, so what we're gonna look at is we look at the mindset of motivation and perhaps looking a bit more on why people struggle to be consistent with following maybe a certain program, certain, um, you know, a goal they're trying to follow and they fall off the bandwagon a little bit. But a little bit more into what actually blocks us from being able to get into hmm. pushing past maybe a little barrier that we've got, and then maybe and a little visualization tool um, that uh, we can delve into. Um, so, in your kind of opinion or experience, kind of what is motivation, and why do you think maybe people fall off the, the fall out of track, fall off track of following something due to yeah, motivation? Yeah, sure. So, so motivation obviously is is something that drives us to achieve a particular goal that we want. And, um, and, uh, and I think everybody has a particular goal or mm. aspiration they, they want to achieve, whether it's be through sports or career or something else. And when we get into what holds us back, you know, desire really is a starting point for, for achieving things. And the things that, that can start to hold us back um, really come from the subconscious. So as a hypnotherapist, we work in the subconscious. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've all heard that, that term that, you know, we only use 10% of our brain power um, and the rest is subconscious. So subconscious governs our habits, our behaviors, our beliefs, but also our, our safety mechanisms. So the, the resulting programs that come from being in a stress, that's a flight situation. So the subconscious is, is an amazing, an amazing thing. All right. Yeah. It keeps us safe, keeps us alive. Mm -hmm. um, but it also can become dangerous if it's misprogrammed. So to use the analogy of the subconscious being like a computer, that's full of programs that, that are recorded all the way from being born, all the way through for adulthood as well. So, you know, all the habits are recorded there, beliefs, behaviors. Um, but when we get into the fight or flight system, so the amygdala, the gland at the base of the brain, um, responsible for re reacting to, to danger. Um, when it gets triggered, it releases, releases adrenaline, which gets us pumped ready to run away or fight, um, but also re releases cortisol, the stress hormone, which effectively blocks our, our rational thought process. And that's by design. So if, if we're in a dangerous situation, like a, a lorry is coming down a hill at us out of control, we don't 
We don't want to have to kind of consciously think, oh, shall I run to left, shall I run to right? Oh, I'm not sure. Um, we've got to react instinctively, and that's where the subconscious comes in. So blocking the, the rational thought process, the conscious thought process, allows us to react instinctively. Now, give you an example where this can be a little bit dangerous, particularly in, in a main mindset context. So we'll start with a, a simple example. If, uh, if we were eating a bowl of chips here and uh, we, we ate one that was particularly hot, burn your lip on it, the next time you eat chips, you're going to stop instinctively and, and blow that chip a little bit harder than you would have done before because you subconsciously go, I don't know what happened last time, Rory, burn your mouth, you created four, work the hardest. <laughs> and, um, and if you take that then to a, a mindset um, and a motivation example, we've all had teachers when we were younger um, who made us feel like whatever we, we did wasn't good enough and yeah, where we've done a, what we thought was a great piece of work, but it, it got a poor mark or we felt like we were a little bit ridiculed or something. And uh, and the trouble is the subconscious doesn't know different difference between real and perceived danger. So it's, uh, it's recording a protective program to say, well, hang on, right, you, you, you felt bad when you did that, what you thought was a great piece of work, and then it, it got, got a poor mark or got belittled. It's going to try and protect you from that again in the future. So take that to a little bit more of an extreme example. You know, I've had clients who've been really high flyers academically at school, private schools, um, but they've been pushed so hard by the parents. They literally felt no matter how hard they tried, they could never achieve anything. So then you take that, that teenager 10 years forward as an adult in a, in a career, they're always going to have a fear of failure. They're always mm. going to have that kind of sense of like, if I push myself too hard, it's not going to make a difference because everything I, I do is not going to be good enough. Mm. Um, so they push themselves really hard, but then they never really give it the role because of that fear of failure. Uh, and that and that's the same in, in the sporting world as well. You know, again, kids were pushed too hard maybe um, in in sport when they're teenagers. Again, could have that same sense of failure. And, and often I've seen many people who are really really um, talented. Uh, sport, but you know, they get to university and they kind of really push back and they put weight on and they find you know, it exactly because yeah. they're now with that, that environment, yeah. the, the, the parental environment, they've been pushing too hard. Mm-hmm. So, um, so whenever we, we have motivational issues, it always comes from some past trauma in, in the subconscious that's lost that protective program. Mm, yeah, no, I think, okay, and, and as I develop into my role and you know, experience more and more clients that maybe are struggling to follow a program and you can't get them to stick to it mm. or it might be a fact of you know they do it for a while then they fall off and mm. they realize they got to do it again to do it come back um so how do you you know no one likes the term of rehabilitation i think mm. or being able to follow some program that seems like rubbish maybe exercise at the time and they think uh do you know what i just uh, don't do it how do you think maybe is there a correlation there because they've got an injury or to find it something more entertaining to do rather than that. What do you what do you reckon? Yeah, for sure. You know, I'll talk a little about my experience actually. Interesting. I'll take it over. I mean, I uh, I got into distance running in my early twenties, and um, I uh, you know as expanded, you know, pushed myself too hard. I, I suffered from a lot of injuries, and uh, uh, and you know, I remember when I did London Marathon in in twenty ten, I uh, had a repetitive Achilles injury, which really kind of slow one to recover from and I, and I the original video I saw you know they they printed the, the little pictures out of the exercises they need to do 
but uh, you know, I was, I was just really down that I got this injury. You know, I'd, um, before the marathon, actually, I also had a chest infection, so I was doing really well, getting really good uh, progress in my training. So, uh, what probably caused the injury was having a few weeks off with a chest infection, then probably pushing it too hard, trying to go straight back to where I'd left off. Um, because of that feeling like, you know, I need to progress, I need to progress, I need to be back where I was. I've got this, this impending race coming up. Um, and uh, and ultimately, of course, this, this injury. But but then going to a physio um, that, you know, almost like a sense of depression because you, you can't do the thing you love anymore. Yeah, yeah, and obviously yeah. for me, it was part of the coping mechanism for something else as well. So, um, so one of the key things I found was, you, you know, the physio I had at the time just didn't really explain why the exercises did what they did so not having that kind of understanding about it and you know with the training i did i couldn't relate these quite simple exercises that didn't seem to do much or make me feel like i was doing any kind of exercise or make, thought, mega pump maybe you didn't get yeah i did get the mega pump yeah i did get the mega pump but uh i just couldn't relate to what how or why it was helping i didn't get enough explanation no and uh, and i think i was quite lucky actually after a while i went back again and and actually managed to get a physio um, who was a runner and he, and he had the same injury. So what he was really good at was explaining more about the physiology of why these exercises mm. do what they do. Mm. And I was like, aha, I get it. Right, that makes more sense. Obviously, being analytical, coming from a software background, um, I, uh, I could understand that, yeah, this kind of slow going up and down the, the stairs and my heels. Mm. Yeah, I get it now. It's straightening out the tendon it's loosening out the uh, the muscle all right yeah i understand so so that gave me more motivation to do it but i think the other thing that holds it back is that we're so desperate to get back to where we were we kind of you know we we kind of subconsciously know we need to take it a little bit slower we need to go a little bit slower but then you've got that other subconscious program pushing away that you you really want to be out running again because you you want the benefit it was giving you because for me, you know, the benefit I was getting from the running was actually, you know, it's helping the stress anxiety. And it, was, it was giving me a buzz. It was giving me that, um, uh, that fulfillment, mm. and, you know, a sense of achievement of doing these extreme things. So, um, so that was, I think, the other thing that's always pulling me was mm. wanting to go too fast. Mm. Get back to yeah. To so I think maybe, uh, maybe my take on it might be a bit different. Is you need kind of two elements maybe to teach and educate. You know the individual such as yourself yeah. reasons why they're doing the doing mm. but also find some kind of goal which is measurable which they can then relay every time they're doing that yeah for sure Small movement yeah. specific and then just kind of keep them yeah going to it keep pushing that goal post back a bit more yeah, and more, bit more. yeah. and that, that you know it's such a great thing to say actually with the, the coaching work of the mindset coaching you know it's, it's all about we've all got some goals we want to achieve, we've all got some, some great aspirations, but often they can seem so far away. So sometimes so, you know, elaborate that you you can't ever see yourself getting there. And, you know, I, I guess if you said to me five, six, seven years ago that I would have my own business working full time, doing what I do now. Not sleeping. <laughs> I wouldn't have believed it, you know. And uh, again, it, it, seemed, it would have seemed so far away from what I was doing then. I want to be able to comprehend it. Mm. Um, so what we do with the coaching is we take a goal and then we break it down into multiple transitional states. We'll get us to that goal, and then to use the project management term, you know, mm. defining 
multiple milestones that within mm -hmm. the transitional stage to, to make the short-term achievable goals. And Neil's will go on my, my shift when we get there, but, uh, but it's the short-term goals. And as, as humans, you know, we, when we tick things off the list, we get a little release of dopamine that makes mm -hmm. us feel good. So those small achievable goals you're talking about from a, a physio's perspective, from a recuperation perspective, um, will give the same thing. So mm -hmm. I think that's great, great thing. Right. I'm really upset up in my head now. More work for me to do. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, that's great. Um, I think, you know, in terms of what blocks us, I think we've gone over that in terms of past experiences and mindset. So let's kind of move a little bit more forward into uh, maybe giving advice, a tip, maybe some a story in terms of how visualisation is kind of quite a powerful tool to use. Yeah, How sure. this can help people realign doing the smaller things to reach the bigger things or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so visualization is amazing, amazing tool. So in the sports performance work I do with, with therapy, we use visualization um, to, to help us achieve goals. Now, all top sports people use visualization. You know, we've seen uh, Lewis Hamilton before qualifying uh, in Formula One, you know, with his, his head down, his eyes closed, he's visualizing doing the perfect lap. So what he's effectively doing is the subconscious works in visuals. That's the language of the subconscious. So by visualizing doing that perfect lab, the subconscious effectively believes it's already done it. Mm -hmm. So it believes it can do it. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it, all sports, sports people use it, you know, and, and golfers is a really good example as well. Um, but gymnasts, uh, doing the perfect round, show jumping, you know, I've been working with my sister-in-law who does uh, show jumping dressage. Um, uh, and again, using visualization and the hypnosis, is is again much stronger because you, you're dealing directly with the subconscious uh, uh, under hypnosis. So, really amazing, amazing tool. And um, you know, some of the coaching tools that we, we use is a great, great story about uh, Will Hoy from the Olympics in uh, I can't remember it's 2012 now. I need to need to look yeah, it back up and check. But um, but uh, but yeah, Chris Hoy went into the Olympics as a world champion, and uh, in in the uh, in the finals of uh, the pursuit of whatever it was, I don't remember that mm -hmm. detail, but um, but he was uh, he was the, the top seed, so he was, he was going to go last. Um, and I think it was the fourth rider in broke his his world record. He's in the world championships. Um, so then it's already kind of like, oh, oh, I've, I've not only got to ride faster than I've ever ride ridden before, but I've got to now beat this this new new milestone. Um, but then the third rider in did the same thing, broke world record again. Uh, I think that the one after that didn't do a lot. And then, then again, the next one uh, again broke world record again. So you can imagine Chris Hoy going, going uh, the last uh, three people and broken his own world record and gone faster than he'd ever got. So you can imagine how that could really rock him and yeah, it could have yeah. really sent him off track. So he used to talk called the belief wall, where the belief wall really just reminds you of what you're capable of and why you're capable of doing it. So he knew that he'd, he'd beaten all of these riders in the World Championships. He knew that he was in better shape than he was in the World Championships. He did progress and train harder, train better, and he was quicker. Um, he knew that he, you know, he would really rise to the occasion in the big events, you know, and he knew that he was basically capable of achieving what he needed to. Um, so lo and behold, he went out, broke the world record again and, uh, and won the gold medal. Um, so, you know, it's some amazing tools. It's all, all really about visualization and, and, and ultimately talking with the subconscious mm -hmm. to, to make the subconscious believe we've already achieved our, 
our goals ultimately um because the subconscious doesn't know the difference between real and imagination so um it's effectively thinks it's already done it so it's easy to do it again right in that context really right and how do you think you know if we took it to maybe specifics in terms of someone following a program or maybe having to do an extended warm-up you know would you say the visualization would be to look at maybe a certain perfect movement pattern or it might be looking yeah, at for sure. yeah. a perfect yeah. gym session yeah, yeah or perfect lift um, perfect lift is a good good one you know power lifters we use visualization you know they'll, they'll visualize achieving that lift and uh and i think form is is one of the, the biggest enemies isn't it um of uh of training because uh, it's so easy to to take your eye off the ball with form, mm-hmm. and, and that's where injuries happen. Um, and visualization, yeah, it's a great tool because you can visualize yourself doing the movement absolutely perfectly. So when it comes to doing it for real, your body's already done it, mind's mm-hmm. already done it again. So really powerful. And and these simple things, you know, they're not just for elite athletes; they're for everybody mm-hmm. to help push past whatever small goals they have um in the training whether it be in the gym or on a golf course or at the bike or at running amazing tool no brilliant uh is there anything you'd like to kind of summarize or finish up with before we allow the business to go yeah i think uh i think one of the the, the key things to, to highlight i think we we often beat ourselves up a little bit you know when we when we do feel a bit held back and i'm a firm believer in in understanding the physiology of, of how our mind works and why our mind works is is a fantastic way to help understand ourselves and, and actually feel a bit normal. Mm. Um, because sometimes we can feel like we're the only one struggling with something. We don't understand why we, we feel the way we do. And one of the key things with the subconscious is we can achieve a lot with mindset and we can really push ourselves. Um, but sometimes we just get pulled back or held back. Mm. And that's because the subconscious is much more dominant and will always take precedence over the conscious mind by by design. You know, these, this is a design that's, that's created to keep our uh, keep ourselves out of danger and keep us safe. Um, and kind of understanding that, I think, helps really um, stop beating ourselves up too much about it. Mm. Uh, you know, be kind, um, be kind to yourself. Be kind. Yeah, be kind to yourself. And I think. You know, sometimes it's all right to have an off day. Sometimes it's all right to, to not have a great training session, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I remember reading something actually, uh, an endurance training book in my 20s that talked about, um, you know, in the, in the 80s when the African runners got really dominant. One of the key reasons for that was that the, the, the kind of Western way of training, the British American way of training was, you know, sticking to a very rigid training program all the time. So you did certain things on certain days, regardless of how you felt. But uh, this, this article I read was talking about the, the African way of doing it was, mm. if you get up and you feel a bit, a bit rubbish, you take it easy and you know you have a steady run or a short run, whatever recovery run. If you get up and you feel amazing, you use that energy, you use that mm. strength and power and really hit your hard training sessions, your speed sessions, whatever it is. Oh, um, okay. And I, I love that. And that's kind of stuck with me, really. Mm-hmm. And give me the excuse to, to not really push myself. <laughs> feel a bit hungover, I feel a bit rubbish. Um, but equally, you know, when I feel great, I'll just push it. And, mm-hmm. and so, I think it's a great idea. And I think having that flexibility in more in life, but more so in training and enjoyment and yeah. being able to be you know, flexible around that, I think that's... Yeah, I mean, what, one of the 
the, the but you still got to do your rehab and stuff. Right? Still <laughs> yeah, I still need to do my rehab. Um, but one of the, one of the key things, really, I think I say a lot to people at the moment is, you know, it's, it's okay to not be okay. We said that a lot uh, in, in the context of mental health, but also physically, it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. And not be yourself up about it. Mm, that's it. Uh, brilliant. Uh, so there you go, uh, listeners. You know, that's, I think we're going quite deep into some areas and really kind of delve in. And I hope you managed to take something quite useful away from this. Um, so just to wrap up, uh, Chris, where can uh, our listeners find you? Um, perhaps maybe if you've got anything coming up that you know that might be of interest for people to kind of delve a bit more into. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, you can find out all about me on my website, um, www.developlink.com. Um, and that'll give you links to my social media page as well. So some of the things I'm working on at the moment, some um, wellbeing business networking groups, um, but also some wellbeing events and shows as well. Um, trying to make those a little bit more inclusive. And, and a little bit Leeds, is that right? Yeah, yeah, Leeds uh, initially next year, and then branching out probably a little bit further in the, in the future. Um, so yeah, go check me out and follow me on Instagram and Facebook for some cool uh, motivational quotes too that's it awesome lovely thank you so much chris uh, take it easy and uh, i'll see you on, on the next episode of uh, the move more pain-free podcast